0: chilly outside oh. baby <laughs> the
1: weather outside oh, is I frightful
0: like i love it but we're here inside at ripley greer studios at he, the comics table here at the comics table it's kind of cozy in here it's uh, i'm actually warm you are you've I'm got a hoodie warm. on Go you a got hoodie. a hoodie you should take that that those long stockings off also i'm stripping it Oh now yeah. do it now. slow do it to the to the beat of this song oh uh how you doing man mm. good how are you doing? It's been quite a morning in New York City. Uh, it is. We're We're recording about three blocks away from where there was a pipe bombing at Port Authority bus terminal.
2: Yes, that's that's true. Uh, sounded like a pretty major thing. Um, too bad he fucked up, man. Yeah, so what happened? He half-detonated the bomb? Yeah, I think he full-detonated the bomb. It just wasn't very powerful. He didn't get a good one. Um, you know, if you're going to be some kind of fucking cowardly pussy that detonates vom- bombs to like hurt innocent civilians, then you know fuck you and i'm yep. glad your little sissy ass pipe bomb didn't work
0: yeah like yeah like you didn't do the homework you went to the wrong he was probably on one of those terrorist websites where they give recipes for bombs but yeah. he didn't convert the the uh the ingredients
2: you know i think if you're going to be a piece of shit terrorist you should just blow yourself up if you don't like the world so much and it's such a problem then just blow yourself up in yeah. the privacy of your own home maybe take out your kids or something yeah you know or- something where you know you know or call up your buddy who's going
0: to rent a truck and drive it over. Yeah. people and just coordinate yeah, and then coordinate let him just, run you over. Right there, you go.
2: You know, uh, just kill each other off and just let the rest of us live our lives because we're we're doing just fine without you. Yeah, we all have our
0: problems and issues. And yeah, sure, there's violence I want to do on other people sometimes, but I'm not going to like blow sexually anybody up. or yeah, like sexual. A real violence. bad time for that, you know. Uh, no, sometimes you know, like there are times ton- I'd like to shove a person. Sure. sure. Like give them a good shove. That's
2: what you mash pits for.
0: Yeah. Uh. Or just like just please just scream at some in somebody's face. Like please just shut up. Yeah. Shut. Be quiet. We're all being quiet now. You on know the it's train. strange. It's
2: funny you say that because our sponsor today is is screaming shovels.
0: Yeah, screaming shovels. They are a classic American company. Been around since the Second World War. Yeah. And
2: uh, what they do is you shovel snow or really anything you mm-hmm. want, dirt, anything like that, and they scream the entire time. Every they, time. You yep. go in, yeah. And then they kind of go to a whimper if they
0: sense that you're going to have a heart attack from shoveling.
2: Right. So it's a good early warning system. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's made by um, Pfizer. Mm-hmm. So uh, wouldn't expect that, right? But that was yeah. their first their first product. You can and, pick uh, them
0: up at Ace Hardware. They're on sale for
2: $400. Only $400? Over the holidays. Wow, a screaming yeah. shovel for only $400. Yeah. Wow. Um, good to know. Or so, you can just hold it with you at all times. And just it would be screaming, and then if it ever whimpers, then you know you're about to have a heart attack. Yeah, yeah.
0: we actually we actually have some uh, samples of the screaming that uh, that the company came out with. Uh, this is the this year's model scream. Uh, it's it's a little bit. Uh, how would you describe the timbre of this scream?
2: Um, I would say it's kind of like a halloween Halloweeny, mm-hmm. you know, kind of uh Halloweeny kind of kind of scream, I guess. You know, something like that. What's the worst thing you ever had to shovel? Um, oh, rotten peaches. Ooh. I worked on my uh, family's, uh, uh, peach farm when I was a kid. And, um, you look like a peach. You got that like orange shade on your face. Oh, thank you. And and a lot of, lot of fuzz. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm prickly. I shoveled a dead
0: raccoon once. I feel like I've told this story on this show. A a raccoon fell out
2: of a tree in my backyard. I, I, I think I remember you pronouncing raccoon. Uh, are we having deja vu? I don't know. Maybe. Screaming show. Are we all dead? Were we all actually killed today? Is Probably. That, yeah.
0: I wish there was a pipe bomb in here. Um. Do you? <laughs> no. I, do, I don't. We have an excellent guest coming. He's he's around the corner. He just got. He could, done co-
2: he could come in any second. Shooting his show. Yeah. yeah. So. And that that would be that would be very exciting. I am uh just failing to look for the scream right now. Oh no, I them. I
0: got one on my side here. It's like. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's kind of how it sounds when you're shoveling peaches or dead raccoons mm-hmm. or, or snow.
2: You know? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, the raccoon died. It was dead on the ground for weeks and weeks, and it started to just stink up the whole right. yard. So finally, I took action, well,
2: and I chucked it in the woods. Most people would think like, oh, peaches, that that sounds lovely, right? But not when they've been sitting there molding and rotting. It smells like like mega shit. It, mm. it, like I was literally like... Trying not to vomit like for two hours while I shoveled them. Yeah, because they're probably covered in maggots. And, yeah, they're uh, just really. It's just like it's just like any other like super like gross putrid organic matter at yeah, that point. Yeah. So it was that was pretty rough. That was like my first job. Actually, my very first job I was fourteen. Mm-hmm. I worked on my family's peach farm, mm-hmm. and then I got fired on the second day <laughs> by my uncle. Um, and then I came back two years later when I was 16 cause it was a family peach farm. So even though they fire you, they, yeah, you could try again. Yeah. And then I worked in the packing house and they gave me all like the worst jobs that they could come up with. Do they still exist? Oh yeah, they sure do. What's the brand? It's called Larchmont Farms. It's in uh, South South Jersey. They've got wow. a thousand acres of uh, peach and nectarines. And do they freeze them over the winter? No. Well, we have cold storage. Usually they're all sold by the time we get to winter, but they have a cold storage, um, which keeps them. You don't want to freeze fruit, but you want to keep it at like just the right temperature where it doesn't um, degrade. It doesn't degrade because I've heard some fruit when you get it at the store is actually like could be a year old. Well, yeah. I mean, basically what happens is it's kind of an interesting thing. Like when you pick – it's all picked early, right? And when mm-hmm. you keep it at that cold temperature, it's like the fruit just kind of is almost like frozen mm-hmm. in time, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So the moment you take it out of that cold storage, it starts kind of its process of maturing. Yeah. And so by the time it gets on the shelf in the, in, the, uh, in the supermarket, it's like ripe at that point. Yeah. It like ripens, but it's almost like you're just like freezing it in time in a way, which is kind of cool. I mean, obviously, you don't want to keep it in cold storage for like years because that would be gross, but – but yeah, you can you can keep in cold storage for a while. It sounds like you have a passion for peaches. I do you know it's like something could you that, see yourself going back and running the I, factory would, I, I wish the I foreign? wish I wish I had that passion because that would be a very uh it's very uh uh if you well it's very stressful, but it's also very profitable. Yeah and um it's uh yeah, I mean, you know there's a little bit of pride in the family business, you know what's going to be a tough
0: business is the pear
2: business I've been getting some pears lately, and man, those things really soften up and get gross quick, um that could just be because they're from you know a lot of stuff comes from South America, you know there's just like this I can't believe we're talking about this now, but there is like like supermarkets will do this stuff where they'll switch over they'll go from like hey, it's this date, so it doesn't matter that we have all these fresh um like fresh fruit that's grown like a, a mile away. Yeah, I'm going to start buying from South America because because yeah. it's because it's September whatever. Yeah, and my buyers say that we start buying from South America this time. So you might you know sometimes you might be getting stuff like that that's just like you know it's traveled. It's like a really of miles interesting away. fact, isn't it? Uh, I was just I was just <laughs> as we were setting up today
0: I was telling you. Oh, Excuse me. Uh, I was just telling you about uh, a podcast I was listening to where it was just deathly boring for 20 minutes. But not but, this one because yeah. you know who
2: we have coming into the, the quote unquote studio. Yeah, we've got Kevin Brennan, Kevin everybody. Brennan. And he, Take your time sitting down. Yeah. Uh, He's this is Tristan Smith. Hey, how's it going? How are you doing, Tristan? Yeah. Welcome. I'm Patrick. We met in Poughkeepsie. Great to see you again. Kevin, we've met before, but I'm certain you won't remember me even after this so it's (laughs) it's fine he's a busy guy he's a busy guy Kevin
0: just came from shooting his own podcast and and tv show yeah uh and and here you are in front of a mic again are you are you totally over it at this point no no i
1: mean you know yes and no Hold on a second. Yeah, take your time. What time did you guys start? Just
0: like seven minutes ago. Oh. Uh, sorry to start without you. We usually do a little patter before we Is before it we a, kick off. It's not a live show, though, right? No, no, no. We're not live. Uh, we're going to record and then probably air it in like two weeks or something. I right.
2: yeah. hope that's okay. We were just talking about terrorists. Oh yeah. And um, being sexually violent and um, and and fruit farms. Yes. Yeah. Covered a lot of topics. Got a lot of topics really here and then in the past several minutes i feel
0: like i'm really getting a window into who you are kevin you brought a packed lunch <laughs> uh you, you 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 did your show and then you're leaving here to pick up the no kids. because
1: i don't i don't i don't eat now because i can't like i if i get uh if i eat a full meal i can uh i feel like i can't function i'm like, like a, you got a i'm like a model yeah like if i eat a full meal i feel like my energy gets like real slow yeah so uh, I just don't eat. So I just always have raisin bread on me, and I just eat raisin bread, constantly snacking on <laughs> raisin bread. See, it's really I love, adorable, oh, yeah, I l lo-
2: I I love it, like, toasted with, with butter, but I, I don't know. Everybody if could,
1: says that, but yeah. I can't bring a toaster with me. Like, I wouldn't be able to get through security with a toaster. Yeah. And I, it's delicious. The reason I eat it yeah. plain is because with the raisins, it makes it moist and delicious. Right, yeah. Yes. It doesn't need toast, doesn't need jelly.
0: Not even a little scrape of peanut
1: butter. No, because then I then I can't talk. So where are
0: we getting your protein from?
2: Are you getting protein?
1: Jism? No, I don't know. <laughs> just blowing,
2: <laughs> blowing random people. We yeah. are on Eighth Avenue yeah. near the Port, the Port Authority, Authority. Plus, Yeah.
1: No, I mean I don't eat just raisin bread, but it is a good. You know, it holds me over. Yeah. I learned that when I used to go on the road. If I uh, I just bring raisin bread. Like if I was driving, one time I had to drive for like eight hours. I knew I wouldn't have to be able to stop to uh get lunch or whatever so i just grabbed the thing of raisin bread and i would just eat it as i was hungry
0: and that just became your your staple
1: I uh, that's that's sort and Then of... i'll meet people and i go oh yeah and they go yeah when i met you you had a thing of raisin bread with you <laughs> i'm like right and <laughs> that good it's like i'm predictable yeah yeah my wife's like you're a piece of shit i go but i'm predictably a piece of shit how many mm. loaves do you go through probably three a day are you serious? No, no, kidding. No, no, no. no, lately it's been a lot because I was on the road. So I do, I always have. And then one time I was in Texas and I knew I was forgetting something. So then I, I was like, fuck, I forgot Raisin Bread. And then I was looking for Raisin Bread for like three days. I went to CVS because some CVSs, they sell it. In New York, they sell it at CVS. A lot of places they don't. I know we're losing our viewers now, but no, then I finally is. then I finally found a regular supermarket. I was like, "Fuck!" But it was the last day there, so it was kind of a downer. But anyway, so go ahead. I mean, I kind of like that. That's a trick of
0: your trade, like it, like because we're young comics. I'm I'm almost four years in. Tristan's a few, like I'm the same amount, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're learning all this stuff. So you're saying, as a headlining comedian, to cut corners, you just you travel with a loaf of bread. Uh, if they offer you the steak dinner when you're headlining, you just say no, thanks. I've got the, it. I've got the bread. I did
1: a gig on Saturday. on Friday. They, they offered me food. They had like a buffet. They said no. I'm, I go, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And without even thinking, I grabbed my raisin bread. I started eating on raisin bread. And they're like, <laughs> they're probably like, this guy's a fucking freak. <laughs> are you? I would think that.
0: Are you able to get a couple more bucks on top of your check though,
1: if you refuse the dinner or the meal? That's a good idea, but no. Do you but not do you like, not actually eat like like regular meals then? I eat regular meals like at the end of the day. Like I I overeat at the end of the night because I don't have to, I don't have a show. Yeah. But I just I'm I'm just you know, I feel like I'm bragging but I'm just doing a lot like I'm busy <laughs> and I'm and I just have to stay like I never eat a lot yeah. and then do a show. Yeah, never, yeah. I used to but I just never do because it anymore. Because you feel
2: like you got you get the itis, right? You get real tired.
1: Is that what yeah, I... I just or I get gassy, I'll start burping. Mm-hmm. Like here's the thing: like if you're a comic and you you burp, they assume the worst. Like they assume you have AIDS or whatever. Like oh, on stage, like, if, you, if you show any kind of like physical something, like right. like if you're tired or if you're not tired, they assume they because they because they hear a lot of us are junkies. Yeah, you know so right? they're like
2: these are either on uppers or downers. I just have yeah. like to figure out which one.
1: So if I'm I can't be drunk because they already think I'm drunk. Because my eyes look drunk and I'm Irish and <laughs> yeah. I don't, if I'm talking like at a measured tone, they think I'm drunk. So yeah. if I'm drunk, then I'm dead. Yeah. So I have to be sober because if they go, you're drunk, I go, I'm not. But if I'm drunk, if I've had one drink, I feel drunk, you know, right. yeah. Yeah. then I'm vulnerable. So I try not to be vulnerable to, you know, if I'm if I'm hungry or if I'm full. I mean, back in the old days, like Jay Leno would say he would... You know, back in the old days, if you were the headliner, you could get like a full meal. The feature could get like appetizers, yeah, and and the the MC could get like soup. You know, he'd be <laughs> like, I would eat. A, he would eat the steak. I mean, who could eat a steak dinner and then do stand up? I yeah. want to
2: yeah. know about the old days. Like when when did you get
1: started with it? Uh, it's been, uh, a, you know, you've yeah, been doing it for like 30 it years, right? Time. Yeah, I've been a long time. Probably like six, uh, six years. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't feel that long, but then people go, I met you, and then I go, eh? I guess yeah. it's been a long time. Well, let, let's start at present. So you are busy right now because you're doing
0: a few things. So you've got uh, Misery Loves Company podcast, which is hilarious. Uh, which is
1: on, which is like on I It used to be on Riotcast, and then Riotcast fired me, but basically, if I had, if I, I could have sued them because... I had a show. Misery Loves Company was at Ryecast, and then and then Kumia wanted me to do a show over there. But, um, you know, in my contract I said I couldn't do another show, but I could do it. My lawyer said you can do another show. You just can't call Misery Loves Company, right? Mm-hmm. But they were like, no, you can't do another show. Period. So, and you know, I got kids and shit. So, and Kumia was gonna pay me. So I'm like, so wait, you're saying I can't make money? Like yeah. that's anti-American. Yeah. That's anti-capitalism, you know. Yeah. But they but yeah, they could have just blocked me out of their studio, the Riotcast studio and not let me in. So, you know, and which they kind of did. So, so uh I couldn't really do anything except play ball and then so so it's not it, now it's just at iTunes and I have I have a show called Burning Bridges which is at it's that
0: Compound Kumia, Media, yeah,
1: Compound Media Kumia Network and that's uh that's behind a paywall, but there's like 10 shows there. So yeah. it's like 9 bucks a month. And, uh, so it's a good deal. I mean, people set up a paywall and then just for their show, it's, it's not, it's not a good system. Yeah. Was, Nothing's good. No. It looks like, it looks like there's a lot of good shows on there with a lot of good. Yeah. They have a lot of, they've, I mean, it's where it's not like, you know, I'm asking for a fucking, you know, they're not asking for $4 a month and then you get extra content, which is yeah. fucking stupid to me because extra content is always going to be just nothing. You yeah. Know?
0: All right. So this is where you are at present. You've got those two shows. You're on the road doing comedy. Uh, and, and yeah, your career has spanned I, – I the math I did was roughly 30 years. You're yeah, doing but it's
1: it? not – but listen, <laughs> I don't want to give anybody hope out there. Well, that's, that's, that's right, Yeah, that's why we want to have you on. We're, we're like, so no, curious. Give us no the real deal, we're man. We're so curious if <laughs> yeah. we're making listen, a huge I, mistake with yeah. our lives. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was thinking this yesterday or whenever I was thinking it. I know I was taking a shit, so I don't remember what <laughs> – Yeah, but like, you know, the problem is the reason I I like the podcast and the the reason I like Kumia, you know, I mean, Kumia, again, they could fire me, too, because, you know, I I do have a I do have anger issues. Oh,
0: by the way, I listened this morning. I couldn't sleep and I was listening to your appearance on Kumia, Artie and Kumia. Uh, which is fantastic you've got it on your podcast site go listeners
1: go listen to that yeah they let me put it up for it because i couldn't do a show one week and i knew i figured it would be interesting no basically you know like you know and we were just talking about when i did my show today i just did it and we were talking about greg fitzsimmons and uh you know and, and somebody said he was an asshole and and I'm like, yeah, but he's not an asshole if you're famous, you know. So I, I say, <laughs> I say, what I, you know, most people punch down, you know, they'll get anybody bigger than them, they'll kiss their ass, and anybody smaller than them, they'll fucking punch down, you know. But already does that too. So basically, I, you know, I'll punch up, you know. Yeah. I got in a fight with Bill Burr on my show. I got in a fight with fucking, you know, David Tal, who I'm friends with. So it wasn't really a fight. We fight all the time, but yeah. But you know, I'll go after Artie. I don't give a fuck, you know. Like if yeah. if you're a fucking piece of shit, but the show business is predicated on. Uh, if the guy's famous, he's protected, you know. And I'm like, fuck this. If the guy's a piece of shit, I he's... think that
2: time's over, though, don't you think?
1: Not really. Not with comics. I mean, because comics are still afraid that the guy's gonna say, "Don't book me," or. But you know, in my situation, if I get into a fight or or if something happens, I can use it for episodes. You know, my right. wife kills me or if she stabs me, puts me in the <laughs> hospital, so so I can kind of take more chances. Most people can't take chances because you know, if you open for a guy, you're you know, if you're open for a guy, you're afraid. I just saw somebody tweet this. if you're if you're too funny he's gonna fire you because you're too funny yeah and if you're not funny enough he's gonna fire you you know and if you don't kiss his ass it's he think you're you're standoffish and I'm not so, I'm not a social person you yeah know? you, you got like, like it, fucking, gotta be a good hang you got like yeah you say. gotta be a lot of fucking things yeah. and and yeah. And, it, and it's so so you know but the guy's got work so you gotta kiss his ass so. Um, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. Let me ask you because like
2: you already, there's already those things you have to contend with. But like, obviously in the, you know, all the stuff going on in the news right now, you have like what happened with Louie and you have like, um, you have like I've heard of people who are like not getting booked now because the the they're sending them a letter that says like oh hey you, you can't have any sexual content. Yeah, Aaron in your... Berg, who yeah. I just saw, I just yeah. saw he because he um, works at comedy. He's down. hilarious, and it's just like that's that's crazy. Yeah,
1: that's, that is crazy.
2: Um, what do you? I mean, is, do you? Is this something that you're concerned about, or you Here's feel like, the thing. Hey, here's the thing. And... My
1: show is very offensive. You yeah. know, my my miserables company started out innocently enough. And then, uh, you know, and then it became like, cause I would just, I was naming names. I was, if a comic sucked, if I, if I saw a comic suck repeatedly, I would say, somebody said, he's good, you know, <laughs> which is like the classic default, you know, he's a good comic. I go, right. I go, well, why does he bomb every show? Ben Bailey? Why does he bomb every show? <laughs> cause I know they're thinking like, who is, who are you talking about? I go, I mean, if the guy's good, like, I'm not going to say uh, Michael Che is not a good comic. Cause every time I see him, he's funny and he has new material and mat- the materials, good material. Mm-hmm. Or you know, or David Tell. I've never seen David Tell not be funny, you know. Yeah, but if yeah. the guy sucks on a consistent basis, I'm going to say he sucks. Michelle Wolf, who I find, who <laughs> I think could suck my dick any day. I mean, her voice is horrific, and and people like her too. But I'm like, uh, I mean, she's definitely overrated in my book. So she's blown up now, though. Well, yeah, it, but it doesn't matter. She still stinks yeah. on some level. Like her voice is hideous, <laughs> and and first of all, she you know she talks about like guys, you know, uh, guys with their dicks. She she doesn't she doesn't have a She's never had a boyfriend. So it's fraudulent. You know, it's like, it's like, so my whole thing is like, I'm, I'm anti-fraud. So if you're a fucking fraud, I'm going to say you're a fraud. So Artie Lang came at me with like some bullshit. I go, fuck you, you fat fucking junkie. I go, you're, (laughs) you're fat and a junkie. Pick one. You know what I mean? You can't be both. I mean, most people aren't, most people aren't both. You
2: know, he's really pushing the limit on it though. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so most people aren't both. So, so my thing was, you know, like, you know, but if the guy's famous, you got to give him a pass. I go, fuck that. So, so that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing, you know, but as a, if I, you know, but I didn't do it for years because, again, I, I didn't know, I didn't know. You know, I have a podcast, and you really can't express yourself. Well, now
0: you're also in a position of authority in a certain way. You've been at the cellar for gotta yeah, be twenty five so years. I get people advice. So I
1: might teach a class. I might have like a seminar on or <laughs> just comedy. Yeah, like I basically tell people like I, I won't. It won't be so much like teaching. I'll basically tell them, to no, to to listen, not be a fraud." No, like to, to be real. To, yeah. I, I give people tips. Yeah. Well, like, we have a lot of, we have a lot of, <laughs>
2: we have a lot of comedians that are kind of in the, in the early level of, of, of their career where they're, you know, they're trying to get as many uh, spots at comedy clubs and all that kind of stuff. Um, they're And they're trying to get as much road work as they can get and all that kind of, um, all that kind of stuff. So I'm wondering, like, uh, do you, ha- you know, considering that you have all this advice and it's something that you might want to do, like, what would you say to people? Listen, like, now, I'll
1: say this. I'll say this. Uh, like, I don't like I'm not jinxing myself, but I don't really need stage time as much anymore because I know how to do stand up, you know, and it's and the the more I do stand up, the more I realize that it's not that, you know, I mean, like, you know, I, my first partner on my miserable company was uh, Lenny Marcus and we used to be friends, but now he's like my moral enemy. Lenny's not funny. Can he do stand up? Yes. <laughs> so it's not that hard. It's mostly like a, it's like mostly like being a fucking uh I don't know what it's... It's like working at a fucking airline, you know? Like, it seems complicated, but after a while, like, you just... You it's learn like the muscle memory, you learn you know? the script, and you, you learn you, know, you learn what to yeah. say. You learn what crowds react to and what they don't react to. Yeah. And then after a while, you know how to do it. So so I don't need stage time. So, But when you start out, you do need stage time because you got to fucking learn whatever. So, But also through my pockets, like, I've learned... I, I've come uh, more... Uh, it's easier... I know my voice better. Like, I was saying... Uh, to somebody, whatever that that you know, back in the day, if I said something offensive or shocking and the crowd kind of reacted like negatively, mm-hmm. I, I would throw me, you know. But now I'm like, I'm so used to like being offensive and being like shocking or whatever that it doesn't throw me. But then, of course, the next day it did shock me because I said something. Yeah. Whenever I say something it's like a, you know, a this never happens of course it'll happen the next day you know yeah. so i i don't know, i forget what it was but i said something and then the and then people were like ah and i was like it kind of threw me are you talking about on twitter and stuff no i'm talking or? about on my on stage okay. you know yeah. so th- the point is that you're always going to be surprised but i'm not as surprised as i used to be but also my stand up got better through my through not giving a shit. And my whole, my podcast whole thing is I don't give a shit. Yeah. And I'll fucking, you know, if it's my brother, I got a shit on. I don't give it I'll just say what, what I think it is. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going political. I, mean, I don't t- take sides politically usually. But, uh, I'm just saying like what, a, what, f- how fraud, like even the fact that all these comics are going on Twitter and calling out Trump. I'm like, I go, that's the equivalent of like when, when, Politicians try to be stand up. You know, it's Uh like I go, you don't know what what involves being a fucking politician. You don't Mm. know running for office, and then and then and then being a Republican or Democrat. Even if you don't want to vote that way, you still have to vote that way because you're gonna get you're gonna lose your job. So it's not it's not as simple as like here's how it is. You know. Yeah. But again, peak comics on Twitter. It's easier than being a fuck. It's easier to writing jokes, being on Twitter, yeah. and calling yeah. out whoever. Like I'm not pro Trump, but but I am pro. At this point, I'm like pro chaos, you know. Uh-huh. Although I'm anti ISIS, so I'm not. I draw the line. I don't want to get fucking. Sure. I don't want to bust no. that I'm on to be blown up. I'm not. I'm just. I like when it's like anarchy because it's good. So anyway, the point is that stand up is not stand up. Doesn't. I don't have like this thing for stand up now that I used to like. It's like this fucking. Like this thing that I have so much respect for. I just don't have it anymore. Yeah, you were telling
0: me the goal with Lenny and the podcast was to take that on the road. In some shape, yeah, or form. no,
1: yeah, and he did. He didn't want to go on a road because he's not a real comic. And I said it on my show, and people were like he is a real comic. I go, okay, you can say he is, but you don't know. It's like it's like if you're a roommate with a guy, or if you're if you're roommates with a woman, then you start dating her, or if you're friends with a woman and you start dating her, like you find out more about her, yeah. and then you may, maybe realize like, oh, I don't like this part of it. So that's me and Lenny were friends, and he was a good co-host, but then he was like, no, I don't leave the city. I'm like, who's who doesn't leave the city? Like, yeah. but he prides himself on like I don't leave, and like nobody. Nobody like, like the Sam Kinison, like no, but no good comic prides himself on like, yeah. I don't do road gigs because, because mm-hmm. again, doing 15 minutes in a city, no one's ever gotten rich doing that. Right? Yeah. You know, when you go see a headline comic, you don't, you don't expect to do 15 minutes and go, that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's my, that's my sweet spot. Yeah. So that's just not the way it is, you know? So, so he's a fag and, and that's not <laughs> anti-gay. That's anti-faggy. Yeah. And uh, I, by the way, I listen- And I'll give his Lenny Marcus, Lenny at Lenny Marcus NYC, if you want to troll him, <laughs> yeah. because uh, because I've like Im- I have people imitate. Like I'm not I'm I don't I don't tell people to do this, but I people impersonate them. Yeah, and they're really good at impersonating Lenny. I, I have to say, it's refreshing to hear you
0: just talk without giving a shit about what what you say. Like you're saying your opinion in a very. Uh, uh, authentic way you're not a fraud you're saying how you feel you're definitely not congratulating michelle wolf on her new hbo no, special far from it you're giving your opinion on these people and it's actually refreshing <laughs> because in this climate the level tristan and i are at it's yeah. like you got to be so careful about what yeah, you it's say ni-
1: i can only imagine i would i would first of all i don't even know why you guys are doing it i would kill myself and uh, <laughs> i mean the thing is really i was thinking this the other day that is that as a as a like if you're if you're a woman comic you're natural like as a comic, you're supposed to be a bit of an underdog, you know. I mean, historically, you know. I don't want to get into the theory of comedy, but if you're a woman, uh men are your natural enemy. You mm, know, yeah. as as what you can talk about men. If you're a black comedy, you can talk about white people. Uh if you're if you're like a, a whatever, you can go down a list. Everybody has like a natural fucking if you're a Pakistani, you can talk about Afghanis or whatever. I mean I'm joking, of course, but the point is yeah. that like white guys don't have a white guys don't have a go to you know, like you still watch Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle, they'd be like, White people, like if you if they didn't have white people, what the fuck would they talk about?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: like cereal? Yeah. You know what I mean? As a white guy, you basically have to talk about cereal. Even my son the other day, he's five, he goes, I said, you want he said he wants frosted flakes. I go, with milk? He goes, Yeah, with milk. I go he goes, I'm not homeless. I go, What <laughs> do you mean? He goes He goes, Yeah, homeless people eat it without milk. I go, how do you know that? And you eat it without milk. So most of the times they eat it without milk. So my point is that what are you supposed to talk about if you're white? Like even even if yeah. you're talking about your girlfriend, it's still misogynistic in this climate. Yeah. Well, you can't, now, even if it's specifically about your girlfriend, yeah, or your wife, you're still a misogynist. I was listening to. Well, there's no said sympathy it. on it either. Huh?
2: There's no sympathy about it because everybody's just like, "Hey, you're you're a white guy. You have everything going for right, you. So I don't easy. care that you don't." And, have- and
1: again, again, most people in the audience have regular lives, and they and they they sympathize with a black comic because in corporate America, black black people. Are at a disadvantage, but yeah. in comedy, they're at a complete adva- advantage yeah. because they can talk ad-, ad nauseum about white people, yeah, you know, and all because how they have it so bad and blah blah blah. It's like it's a fucking joke. So, as a white comic, I don't even know, I don't even know. Yeah. I, if I started out now, I well, first of all, I, I would just go, I'm not, I would just, I don't know, I'd probably just fucking murder somebody. I,
0: I was saying to Tristan, I was listening to I Said It, your album that's on, oh, yeah. I, that's I found old. it on Spotify, it's yeah. yeah, it's like eight or nine years old or yeah. more, I don't know. It's hilarious. I loved listening to it, but I also loved picturing you doing that set at the Bell House in Gowanus, Brooklyn for a bunch of hipsters to see if people could would would handle it cuz there yeah. is a lot of Yeah. Uh, you know some people might say misogyny. I, I just what I was saying to Tristan is there's so much fun sex stuff, sex dynamics, relationship dynamics, fun stuff that's hilarious that in the context of people being at a comedy club where you're recording a special it's great. You know, it's
1: like that people want to hear about sex. and Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, like, I, you know, the thing is, I'm like, well, I'm walking a fine line right now because, you know, I, I don't want to like whenever I feel like I'm being censored for whatever reason, I just go, well, then the, the, something's wrong with that. You know, like I should be able to say whatever I want to say. But. But, you know, my wife hates me, you know, like because, you know, I talk about her on my podcast and she won't come on to defend herself, but she doesn't want me to talk about her. But I'm like, <laughs> then don't listen. You know, there's yeah. a simple solution. Like I don't go to her job and like look over her shoulder and be like, why? Why didn't you say this to yeah. her? Because yeah. it might have helped that sale, you know? So, and so she was a comic, right? No, no, no. OK. But so so it's just it's a it's not a good it's not a good situation, you know, like any day now I expect to be fired by Kumia and. You know, and and the good thing about my my misery loves companies, they can't fire me because I don't have a boss. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, but people quit. You know, I've had a lot of people quit because if I say what the truth, what my what I think the truth is of this of this guy or the situation, you know, people get offended because people, you know, you know, it's I think it's from a movie, but people can't handle the truth. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I'm laughing because it's a famous movie line. But yeah, the point is, yeah. people can't fucking handle the truth. And when when you, when if the show is about the truth, like my sidekick now is blind, so like I do a lot of blind jokes. And also, he's not a comic. I, I make blind jokes. I try not to anymore, but he can't really go. I'm not blind. Right. So if I'm if I'm making jokes about a comic and I go like you stink or whatever, he can't go. I, you know, it's not well, it's not debatable. You know, free I speech mean, it is debatable if I say a comic sucks. But yeah. if I say he's blind. He is blind. It's yeah. not debatable. Free
2: speech is so important, too. And it's like
1: especially in any kind of art form, especially in stand up. And yeah, um, but it's in theory. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Not to cut you off. But in, yeah, no. the problem is if you're if you're sh- all New York comics, all L.A. comics, especially when you're starting out, the sets are short. So you don't have free speech. You're you're at the mercy of the show of the show that they're watching. So if the, if the guy before you was, like, a black guy, Sherrod Small or something like that, and he's, like, being all black and makes a big fucking mess that you have to, you know, and just, you know, I'm black, I'm black, and the crowd's like, wow, that guy's super black... And then if you go up, you, the crowd's gonna be like, "Oh, this fucking nerd." So yeah. you don't have free speech. You can't. You can't say like, "Keep it going for that nigger," you know. Even though you guys probably can't say, you know, you can't. You don't <laughs> have. Can't, no. Definitely that, can't. No. Not that you can't. Not that you can't. Uh, uh. I mean, you can, but but you don't have free speech. But you can't say fire in a fucking movie theater either. Either. I'm just saying, like, the crowd. You're definitely restricted as a white comic on a showcase what you can say. Or like, if you're a black woman, even if you're a woman now, you can say probably much more than you could even six months ago. Because you know, me and my, my me and my wife are fighting about, you know, uh, you know, guys, guys are pigs, and every guy, all guys are creeps. Because you know, I I even almost think that that all guys are creeps.
0: Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, so, and you also have this like inside window into into the comedy scene, and you've seen probably quite a lot over the years. Uh, does she? Do, do you do, are you ever defending friends of yours to her or
1: do you guys ever debate about specific no, people No, I don't de- I don't defend anybody, you know, yeah. really. I mean, I'll defend a tell like cuz how funny is, but I I don't, you know, I mean, I don't def- like if she says my wife used to say, "Oh, I like Louis' show." Like I like the sh- TV shows that he makes, but she didn't like his stand-up, you know. So, mm. I'm not going to be like, "Oh, Louis a great stand-up." You know, I never thought Louis was like a great stand-up. Like Louis was always great at being funny, but I never thought he was a great standup. But, but I mean, who's, who's like a great standup? Like Kinison was a great standup. Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard to be a great standup because, you know, you really have to be, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, Dave Chappelle was a great standup. I don't think Chris Rock's a great standup. Mm, Why not? not? Cause he's just not theatrical. And I think his, I think he's a, I don't think his jokes are that, I don't think like, he's definitely got great jokes, but I don't think, as a as a performer, he's not he's very he's very restricted, and I think his material is usually overrated. When people quote, I, I've seen so many people quote Chris Rock, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, it's not even a fucking good joke, you know? Even like Louis doing the fucking when he did SNL, he did that pedophile joke. That wasn't even like it was just like such a. I'm like my people think that's it's, like a great joke, it's kind like of a based,
0: stunt joke. Like it was, yeah, like, it's just like a TV shocking. T- yeah, yeah, it was
1: like I can't, I can't, I all, I can't say it on, on SNL, so I'm gonna say it. But it's like it's it wasn't like yeah. a great joke by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm like I like joke jokes, you yeah. know. But don't gotta, you think?
2: It, do you think it's related to the context, or do you think context doesn't matter at all? What do you mean? Well, because like you could have something. Uh, that works like in a certain setting and a certain circumstances with certain things happening, and you have it like not work in another case. So, like in the case of the Louis joke, like he did, me maybe did that joke because, it like I said, it was like a stunt joke in the context of SNL and doing it in that way. Whereas maybe that wouldn't be a joke that he would necessarily do for like on stage as part of his act.
1: No, but he would. He would. Like I, I I've seen enough of him from the beginning, and then I've seen him lately a lot at the cellar when he like tries out stuff, and it's just. You know, that's that's what he's he's always been pushing the envelope. But but I'm just saying, like, as far as like a great I mean, I mean, when I was, I lived in L.A. for three years, 2011 and 2014, and somebody, you know, that's when Louis was really blowing up and I wasn't here. So somebody said they just saw a uh, put on Facebook, a woman that I knew. She's not a, a Gladys. You guys probably know her, right? Yeah.
0: From the strip.
1: Yeah. yeah. So she said she goes, I just saw Louis C.K. Uh, what a performer. What a performance. And I, I, so I I chimed in. I go. I go a well, fat guy talking is considered <laughs> performing now, and she was like, "No, but it was great show." I go, "But he's not a performer, like yeah. uh, him standing there, you know." I mean, Louis used to do a lot of like noisy. He had a lot of noisy jokes, but nobody thought he was a great performer. You know, so, do you like but more Chappelle? Was Chappelle, was, no, but I'm um, Chappelle was a great performer. Yeah. Like, he he can do voices. Right, he, okay. He moves around a lot. Yeah. So so as far as like this guy's a great stand up, like stand up standing there and talking is is not that hard, you know. I All mean, right, two can,
0: part two part question for I you. I mean,
1: like Norm McDonald I think is a great comic yeah, and he's right. a hilarious guy, but is, is he a great stand up? Like I mean, he's close because his jokes are so funny. But I would say he's a rare case of a guy who just stands there and can be kind of captivating, you know. Yeah, but he's like his that. Jokes in, are he's so like that in everything.
2: Like when he when he does like a interview at like a late night show or whatever, he he's he's he kind of sits there and he he almost has like a yeah, very... he's like
1: a stiff on purpose, right? But exactly. he's, a, he's 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 kind of like that anyway. You know, right, a lot right. of white guys are not. They're not theatrical. Guys don't. White guys don't fucking you know.
0: When you're at the cellar, who's a person when you know they're going
1: up? You make sure you stay in the room. To are watch. they gonna say who would I definitely le- run? Well, that's fast. The, that's part two. <laughs> yeah. that, I was gonna. I watch you that. a guy who's like really good, or and I'll watch a guy who's really bad. But what about any buddies that you always watch? Or I always give watch notes it. Tell I, I like if I'm in a good mood, I'll watch a tell, or if I'm feeling like if I'm feeling, um, if I'm feeling like. Good about myself, I'll watch a because 'cause i'll just it'll just level me I mean yeah. it tell like I don't like i'm i you know I sing his praises, but I don't like the guy, I think uh-huh. he's a fucking creep off stage and he's uh-huh. a, he's mean and don't don't like people come up to him and they go like, I try to say how to a tell and he just i go, yeah, he's a fucking creep i go i don't i don't I don't even fucking I've known <laughs> him for since nineteen eighty nine and, and like he was my best friend for ten years, but like he's a fucking creep, mm. but he's a fucking like the shit he says. You you couldn't teach that in a million years. He's funnier than I can make the argument. He's the funniest guy that ever lived because, I mean, you could take different generations and say this is the best guy. Funny that he's funnier than Robin Williams and people think he's the funniest guy that ever lived or yeah. or any guy on that fucking top ten list. Chris Rock he's way funnier than Chris Rock. So why do you think he's more celebrated as a comic then? Because he can't he can't really he's he's almost so good he can't fucking hack it down. He can't really do a sitcom because he's too. He, he really shines when he just has to, his and his his material is almost too funny, you know, like mainstream. Like I watch people watching his, his set and the, the guys always start out laughing and then the women come around. But he's still mostly I mean, it's not like women don't like him, but it's he mostly appeals to guys. He is a guy's. Sense of humor, sensibility. But the jokes are just, you just see shit where you're just like, fuck. Yeah. Like somebody's like, I mean, he's I I just I told one of the bouncers, he don't even do half the jokes. I I he goes, I spent a lot of time on the internet. Um, he goes, I love young kids. I spend a lot of time on the internet talking to them. You know? <laughs> like i will just have and I'll do it like a month after he did it. Like if I'm if I'm if he's on stage a lot of times he wants people to interact with, so So you'll be if you stand in the room, he'll he'll ask you. He'll go, Kevin, how are your kids? I go, good. I go, you love kids, right? You spend on the (laughs) internet talking to them all day, and they'll go, yeah. He'll laugh, and then he'll get mad that I'm doing his joke, you Uh know. uh But he has all these like one liners that, like I was telling the bouncer, I go, he used to, you know, I don't know if they still do it, but they used to hire hire retarded people to work McDonald's, you know. And he said when he was in high school, he was dating this girl that he worked with at McDonald's. And she was retarded, you know. And, and people like, you're dating that retarded girl? He goes, those titties ain't retarded, you know. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, I mean, it's like you can't – could you teach somebody to fucking yeah. think like that? Those titties ain't retarded. Like he says shit where you go like, fuck. And then I was I – was, uh, when I lived in L.A., I was moving back here. I was, and I was being like released from jail. And I met this guy that I met through my kids but he was he used to be an actor now he's a therapist and and he was we were saying goodbye to each other he goes we i don't know how why we are talking about gay marriage but he goes he goes he goes he goes like my friend says i don't care if gay people get married as long as they're the same race you know so and i go i go i didn't say it cuz we were saying goodbye and i want to fucking, i literally had to leave but I don't want to say like your friend's Dave Attell because that's a Dave Attell joke. Yeah. But Dave Attell says stuff and then they become like stock jokes, you yeah, know, right. yeah. because they just go like they hear it or they they, they pre- people pretend. Yeah, I saw I was in Aruba. I saw Lenny Clark doing one of Attell's jokes, you know. Like word for word, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm not gonna say anything, though, so because it's, yeah, it's not my like, business. But he's like
0: a comics comic, but he's just universally. He's also so lovable. So you might yeah. know him as a creep yeah. for whatever reasons. No, but like... he on
1: stage, he's yeah, he's definitely. He's, yeah. he's like I, I compare him to like Michael Jackson. Like Michael Jackson like. On stage was like a, without a doubt, just a genius, like a great yeah, voice, yeah. great singer. And then off stage, he was, you know, he was a bit confused, you know. Yeah, where does
0: Atel live? Like, what do you think his, you his living address. environment <laughs> is like? Like, give <laughs> you his phone number. I just picture him, like, <laughs> disappearing into No, I ask or something. him when I,
1: when I had him on my podcast, Misery, Lo- Misery Loves Company, I don't know, I think it was like episode 18 or... But it was my birthday, so Lenny got... Then he got Dave Attell and he got like a couple other people. It was basically me and Attell just yelling at each other. And, and he, was, he was mad that I was late. But it was my birthday, so I'm going to be fucking late. <laughs> yeah. Plus, we used to tape at 1230 on a Monday, 1230 in the afternoon or whatever. I'm like, I'm going to be fucking late anyway. So he says, uh, so I'm like, where are you going? I said to Attell, where are you going? I go, you haven't done anything since like, I know you haven't had a girl since, since, girlfriend since 1991. <laughs> okay. You haven't had a show in 10 years. like, where are you going? <laughs> you have no family, you have no, you have nothing. Where you so he so I I'm even curious, like what do you do? Yeah. Like I don't I don't hang out with him, but he doesn't he doesn't do anything, you know. Yeah. He he smokes he smokes cigarettes, so it's a lot of a lot of like you know going outside to smoke i know he goes to dunkin donuts alive. i think it's
0: interesting hearing you talk about these veterans that you've known for so long because now you're you're a grown man you're a grown up in this business and it's it's interesting to hear you talk about these uh these uh feelings that you can have at the same time like you really really respect his comedy it
1: doesn't really sound like he's a friend at the moment no he's uh, a friend but he he's just he's just such an idiot you know he's just He's he's just he doesn't he doesn't he can't off stage he he's an idiot like yeah. you he'll say stuff I go you're a fucking idiot like do, you really are a dumb motherfucker in you know? this
0: career these long term relationships is it important to to
1: kind of maintain important ones or or put effort know. into certain I don't ones know. I don't know. no I mean I I own for Louis in in a you know and and Louis Louis I have been seeing Louis I've known Louis for a long time so when I moved back from from New York. I mean, I moved back to New York from L.A. You know, I saw Louis somewhere, and I had not see him since he blew up. So I was, like, making jokes about how every time I read about him in the paper infuriates me, you uh-huh. know, and whatever. And then uh, and then he saw me. He was coming in to do uh, a set at the Village Underground. At the Village Underground, you can kind of watch the guy before you because they have a back table for the comics, you know? Yeah. So I did my set. I had a good set, and then I saw Louie like in the back of the section where the comics sit. and he was like, "And he was like, man, I was so funny." And then like a couple, and then a month or two later, he asked me for him in uh, Philadelphia. And then I'm thinking, like, wait, he might have asked me because I li- I'm from Philadelphia, and I knew he wasn't sold out that uh, night to draw. Yeah, but yeah. it was like so because then then he never asked me again. So then afterwards, like, I got start really going like. What the fuck? Mm. But then I was thinking, like, maybe he got mad because, you know, I do jokes about kids and he has kids. And then and but he then, does jokes about kids. No, that's what I'm saying. He does. Maybe he doesn't want me doing jokes about kids before he goes up, you know? Yeah. So then uh, and then his agent was mad to me afterward was weird to me afterwards. And then I'm thinking and then Louis did say to me, like, don't do crowd work. And I did. I did do like a little crowd work, but I had nothing really. Like I just did it just to slow myself down. Cause yeah, it was I noticed 12, it was like twelve thousand people, and I was like rushing, so yeah. I did it to kind of like pace myself. How long ago was that? Uh, in October, in November, you know. So then it never happened again. I and I saw him after that, and I and I never like brought up like can I open for you again or whatever because. Whatever. So, but so I don't yeah, but know. now there's
2: question of like, what's even going to happen with his career because he kind of like lost
1: everything with this. Yeah, all this I shit don't coming know. That's good for me, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, Have you ever it, seen when, when you're like at the this? cellar? When you're at the cellar, when before he got busted, you were always kind of looking over your shoulder. And also, Louis would bring a bunch of people, not not planning, but either he might say he was going to be. I don't know how the the famous people Underground Railroad worked, but it seemed like yeah. if Louis would show up, like more people would show up and. And so now, since Louis stopped showing up, no one's there. So you don't—you're not getting bumped, and and the crowd's not looking for fucking Louis to show up. Because mm. before that, they were looking for Louis and Amy and and Aziz and whatever. They're not showing up. So was anyone. the
0: vibe like yeah. in the weeks after that? Was it
1: like uh, somebody died or something? The cellar was weird. I would joke about it. You know, I would joke about it on stage and you know whatever. But uh, and management didn't mind if people joke. No, about it? I, I just say you know I would just do random like. I got, I just I just gave five bucks to a Louis impersonator on the subway, you know, <laughs> and uh, and they would they would laugh and go, ooh, you know, whatever. But the, no one tells you know they don't tell you what to say. But but it was it's not, it's not it's not great. But you know, but you know, again, if you look at the top the, whatever the top ten list of the best comics of all time, it's it's it, they're not fucking saints, you know. what I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Like, Pryor used to beat the shit out of every girlfriend he ever had. Yeah. He was a fucking junkie, and people were like, yeah, well, he was from a. He was raised wrong. I'm like, right. yeah, but you don't. No, who, no one's raised to fucking beat up your girlfriend, you yeah. know. And the, his girlfriends are usually white. So it, it, in this day and age, that would be a complete fucking uh, horror story, you know. Yeah. And Carlin was a fucking big cokehead, and and Robin Williams, and fucking. So it's not like it's not. And I tell my wife, I get in a fight with her, fights with her, you know, because. And I go, like, I'm like a saint compared to these fucking guys. I don't, I, I've never did drugs. I don't even drink now. You know, I drank like, like I drank last night, but we got into a big fight. So I just, I got a hotel and I got fucking drunk. But, but, uh, it's like, it's, it doesn't breed, it doesn't breed fucking, uh, mental health. Yeah. By no stretch. Yeah.
2: So basically, like, it sounds like in your mind, like, all of that kind of stuff that's happening now
1: plus so let me just say yeah. since so just said my my mind i have a sick mind you know like but i know <laughs> i do like like the night before like last night uh uh you know before i go to bed i'm i want to do a lot of fucked up shit like mm-hmm. i'm not even kidding but i know that so i usually like i might tweet some fucked up shit but i'll never like I don't text people. I don't like, I just know I get crazy. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you, you,
2: you're not worried about that kind of thing because you know, like, that, that regardless of the fucked up shit you might say or think, you don't act on that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Like, I know, I basically know, especially at this point, how I got to manage my own mind. You know what I mean? And that's a lot, that's a lot to do with stand up. Like, you have to just manage. And like, that's why, like, the, the, Kapakus is a real godsend for me because I get a lot of shit in my head and I get to say it. And then once I say it, I'm kind of I get it out of my system, you know, and I say for comic or shock purposes or whatever. And my fans like it because they live kind of vicariously through me. If I'm screaming or yelling, then they can they don't they can, you know, they don't have to do it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so I'm just saying I have a fucked up mind. I'm not saying I'm a saint. I just saying I have a fucked up mind. I think I had a fucked up mind anyway. In in that sense, like I was always antisocial and I didn't like people. And then uh, and then, but and then I thought through stand up. You know, I always admire Woody Allen and David Letterman because I thought they're like kind of antisocial, mm-hmm. but they're funny and they they're managing it and they're obviously having good careers. So so, but it, but it's not being antisocial is not good. For did you me. know well, Letterman's? Huh? Did you know Letterman or do no? You just the show? I, I did a show, but yeah. I didn't really. Yeah, I didn't. know. And then the more I the more I the more I realized, you know, whatever. I think a lot of Letterman was just like. He had great writers and, and, you know, he had a lot of help. And yeah. it was like a lot of him was just time and place. And he was the right guy at the right time. Yeah. But, a lot of these people just get like
0: legend status because they were on TV for decades. Yeah. I and
1: like I, I, I like his his original writer uh, slash uh, girlfriend, Meryl Marco, she was telling when he was retired, she was telling a story. About how like he Lerman was real reluctant to do shit, you know. Like they like this one thing that particular. I remember the bit because it was always on their anniversary shows, and it was just fucking great bit. It was about a, their dog and him fighting with the birds, and it was just fucking. It was like a really good comedy, but it was like really original. Mm-hmm. Way no no one had done anything like this on. But but again, he fought her. He was like, no, it's gonna bomb, and then they did it and, it, it, Like people went nuts for it, it you know. So. So I think he was just one of those guys. He was this, and you watch his old shows. He's a bit of a stiff, you know, yeah. and he just sits there. And but but he was just so different compared to Carson and, and all the LA shows. Merv Griffin, or where they were fawning over celebrities, and he would say to share, like you know, he would he would say shit to share. But that's all. Also, the New York vibe is wasn't yeah. just him, you know. Yeah. Uh,
0: but back to you having a fucked up head and and what you're admitting to, like I. That, that's always more attractive to me when I'm listening to comedy or watching comedy. I mean, I
2: do that kind of comedy. I I love that. I I just love, like, I love fucked up shit. I like just saying, I I actually sometimes will enjoy getting a shock reaction from the audience just as much as I'll enjoy getting a big laugh. Like, you know, depending, like, obviously you don't want to lose them entirely on it, but like, if you can, if you can get that in there and, and kind of like shake them a little bit, like I like... I like, like to do that. Like I was, I was watching. I tried to watch uh,
0: your brother's special, and I I got about eight minutes in, and I I was just kind of bored. I, I'm going to try again, but his do you ever compare? Mics, yeah, three the three mics thing, Do you ever compare
1: your performances to his? No, no. I mean, it, the, the, you know, people say, uh, you know, people do now because again, he's like a running feud with, uh, as you know, as my pod, as one of my podcasts, you know. Like well I'm like do- a well rap- yeah, I'm like yeah. a wrestler or a fucking, uh, uh, bra- <laughs> it's more like rapping because to be a to do to rap you don't really need any talent. I mean, you just need to be to like I'm a rapper. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to be a, no one have to to do a podcast. You don't have to be hired. You know, you can just start a fucking podcast. You know, so so it becomes like those things. But really, it really comes down to. You know, when I used to, when I first passed at the cellar, and it, I didn't get in right away. I got in, then I get, then I stopped getting spots, and then it t- like a couple of years later, I got back in. But you know, I was trying to get. I, I used to be like, oh fuck, I didn't get any spots, or I didn't get many spots this weekend. But I was trying to get spots versus Dave Chappelle, Ray Romano, uh, John Stewart. Basically, had moved on at that point. Dave Attell, Louis C.K. Uh, I mean, just fucking now people Tellers. go like, holy fuck, yeah. you know, Patrice didn't even get spots there. That's how fucking, uh, you know, unwanted Patrice there. He would get spots, uh, occasionally, but you know, I was never a big Patrice fan anyway, but anyway, so, so, I mean, Ray Romano was there regularly. It was there regularly. Uh, Louis was there regularly. Uh, Greg Dorado was there regularly, you know? So, 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 so to compare myself to my brother, like, I mean, I I mean, I was losing spots to fucking like heavyweights, you know. Yeah, so yeah. so I, it's you know it's hard for me to look back at anybody and go like, oh, um, you know. I mean, I remember the first time I got like a Friday weekend spot, I had to follow Dave Chappelle, and I was just like. I mean, and he was already like well known and, and very good. So, so what I, does Neil, is Neil post a threat to me as a comic? Not really. I mean, yeah. he might be better than me, but I don't even give a shit, you know? Cause I'm like, I, I'm not even, I don't even think about him. At, like, he, he still gets, like, if, if he's at the club, if he is at the cellar, like, I'm not happy about it, but I still. Yeah. Do they know to <laughs> not put you on the yeah, same line? Yeah. But I still don't, yeah. I still don't, I, I'm not happy about it, but cause I just think he's a fraud, you know? I just. <laughs> I think he's a fraud as a comic. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, but again, he's is he is he a threat? You know, I mean, Greer Barnes is a threat because he fucking kills, and yeah. and and it's it's hard to follow. You know, do you so, think the
2: standards are still as high there now, or do you think it's changed?
1: I think it's I think they've changed now because, like, when I even when I moved back in 2014, you know, I it, like Amy Schumer would put in for week weekend spots, and Aziz was put in for weekend spots i don't know if they were using fake names but and it was just the lineups were better but in, in the last couple of years like a lot of people just just dated they're not there anymore so the lineups you know the lineups are not as good i mean i i don't tell them that but i think they're probably aware of it you know because sometimes i look at the lineups and i go oh, it's not a good lineup you know yeah. Why do you think that is? Because they're just people aren't there. They like moved they're, on. They're going they on the road, down, you know, every weekend. Or? Yeah, they're just they're just people are making. Even guys that like Mark Norman, you know, or like they're they're working out of town a lot and and you know so you know and Mark Norman was never like a, a guy they use a lot, but just guys they would use him now. But he's not. He's just he's not around, you know. Yeah.
0: Who are who are some newer comics that you just can't Chris, fucking stand? Oh, I, I was gonna say
1: guys, I liked uh, Chris DiStefano, Stefano. He's really good. Oh yeah, he's, he's great. He's really great. And uh, I was thinking about another guy who's really good, um, Andrew Schultz. I like him, but I'm friends with him, so. Mm-hmm. But I but he's 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 good. But there's another guy. I was thinking. Uh, I no, I can't think of a name. But I just thought he's good. You know, but Chris is just good because he's got he's got a funny kind of persona. He's yeah. you know he's a uh, new dad. Yeah, and also he's like vulnerable because, you know, he's you know, he's and he can do the Puerto Rican accent really good. He's and, so energetic. Yeah, he's got a good yeah. energy. Oh, you know how I saw Mateo Lane, who was mm, like yeah. and I actually watched Estee. I went to the back of the room and I stood near Estee because I, I think I was on next and, and or he I heard that he was gay, so I wanted to see what his act was. But it was really good, and I and and, and when I, I laughed a couple of times, and Esty looked at me like, "Oh my god, uh-huh. it's like the it's like it's like what the what the fuck Are you laughing?" Because uh-huh. <laughs> she knows I'm so jaded, you yeah, know. So yeah. so and I go, "No, he's like Mario Cantona." You I go, mean, "You guys know Mario yeah, Cantona, yeah. But, of course." Yeah. But he's just got a good energy, you know. Yeah. Did he
0: sing opera?
1: Yeah, he started with the opera thing, yeah. and that's how I came out to my dad, which is like a fucking great opening. You mm-hmm. know? Like I still don't have a fucking opening to my act. You yeah. Know? So, so when I see that, I go like, it's just is a good act. So I, I realize when I saw that guy, I'm like, well, he's he's past here, so I'm gonna have to get get a little bit better because it's not gonna be easy to follow a guy like well, that. But gr- that's that's great to be pushed like that, right? No, it is good. That's how the many one good thing are we, about. Are you working there? I I worked there more, but my wife's working now, and she's going to school, so I can put in there like almost never, but even if I, even if I were, I try to do like two days a week Yeah, outside of the weekends, you know, I would do more there. Cause, uh, late and lately my ex, I've been coming up with some new jokes, which is like, always want, you always want to push it then. But, but, um, but it is, that's the one good thing about it. You don't get, you know, like if you're, a, if you're a headliner, you only work the road and you usually follow guys who, you know, don't really push you that much. I mean, once in a while, but there's not, there's probably not that many features out there that are really killing that are going to really fucking push you. But, so here is sometimes you just go like, "Holy fuck, I gotta really fucking step it up," you know? Yeah. And that really is what fucking gets people going, you know? You know, because what's the expression? In, what's the expression? In the uh, something about the mother of invention is necessity, or yeah, so yeah. Yeah, necessity Yeah, so I don't know how many times I in my in my career where I've been like, I just need new jokes. Like, I can't fucking watch TV. Yeah. I can't. Like, and sometimes I get so furious with my act. Or what's just- your process for generating new jokes? Like, mostly, and I just saw someone tweet this the other day. I think it was Mike Racine. He said, like, he said, you don't you don't write new jokes to get new jokes. You write new jokes to get the bad shit out of your head, you know? So mm. the process is usually, like, I got to write shit, and maybe I'll get, like, a, a, a nibble there. And it's, like, almost like fishing. Yeah, you get, yeah, like, a yeah. nibble there, a nibble there. And you're like, yeah. oh, maybe that's something It turns out to be nothing, a false yeah. alarm. But then, like, after a little while, you'll get something. And then once you get like a big fish, you're like, holy shit! Let me just stick with it because it's like, let me ask it's so this. intoxicating, you know.
0: So the night in Poughkeepsie where I opened for you, you did an
1: hour. Like, were you working on anything new in
0: there? And do you
1: do no? But work? I was, I was desp I was pissed that day, and I spent the whole train ride up just going like, and I did get a joke. I did fix a joke that worked there. I think I did two new jokes there that worked and. And neither one, like, had legs, you know? Yeah. Which, again, is part of the frustration. That's why, you know, people go, like... I mean, being a comic is whatever, but the hard part is, is is like, constantly trying to come up with it because it's completely frustrating, you know? It's a completely frustrating yeah. process because, like I said, you might get a joke that works here. And it, it, the joke was about drive or driverless cars, and it doesn't work at all in New York, mostly because people don't drive. They don't have cars. Mm-hmm. So they're just... Even if they, they're curious about driverless cars, they... It just doesn't, it's more of a people that, you know, it's like a dry, whatever, you know. Like, I guess what I want to know is at your level, do you, are you listening back to every set that no, you do? Like, I just you... listen. It's easier with the phone now because I can, I can, uh, when I used to listen to cassettes, it was harder to figure out. out. Yeah. Yeah. Because on a phone it's timed. You can see, mm-hmm. you can kind of figure And then, it, and then if uh i used to in the old days i would listen to the cassette i would have to listen to the whole cassette i would write down the joke word for word yeah and now now i if it's a new joke i'll listen to it i'll tag it on the time and then if i really if it really kills then i'll write it down word for word cuz then yeah. I, if i i really think if i write it down then I remember it better than if I just
2: do you jokes. Do you do jokes that way, where where every every
1: word is carefully chosen and and I I I if I na- if I think I have it nailed, I do it, and then I try I try to stick to it, even though the waitress are probably like, oh, this guy's fucking never changes the word, but uh. But I kind of learned that from uh like the guy who who runs Dangerfields. The guy uh, said uh, Rodney used to um have two tape recorders because he didn't he didn't want one to break. Mm. If one broke, he didn't want to, so he had two tape recorders. So, cause Ronnie was like a big, well, Ronnie had a, was a one-liner guy anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so if his, if he got the words right, he wanted the words right. And, and the worst feeling I've ever had, is like when you get to, and for some reason it didn't get to, you know, if you have a new joke or whatever and the right. tape didn't work or whatever reason, cause sometimes the tape would jam or the, or you run out of batteries and I'm like, what the fuck did I say? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so it is. It is. I mean, I, I. It is refreshing to just fucking kill it with a new joke and then listen to it and just yeah. go like, "Fuck that fucking kill." Yeah. You know? Nice. And just get it word for word. And just even listening to it, you know. Do you still like
2: record and listen to every set?
1: No, I, 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 I don't. I only lit like I only listen if I know, like, if it's a good set. I'll, I'll write in my. I do have a notebook, so I'll write in my notebook, listen to that set. If I do four sets a night, I'll go listen to that set and I'll tag the set. And I'll write it in my notebook because sometimes I'll get confused. Mm-hmm. But if I just did one joke, I'll try to I'll listen to the joke, and then uh then I'll like, and then I'll I'll tag it. And then if I and then, and if I think there's something there, but sometimes I'll just know that that's the way to say. It, mm-hmm. you know? And then other times I'll have to go like oh. But a lot of times I like to write it down because then if I if I'm about to go on, I go wait how did I say it again? Because a lot of times comedy is not. That's why, like, if you're a playwright, you go, like, you got to say the words the way I said them. But a lot of times, like, a lot of times I've written it one way and then and then when I say it a different way, I say it in a better way because yeah. I, I got yeah. the, the adrenaline kicks in. And then, like, I'm more in, like, a comedy head because when you're sitting there writing at a fucking coffee house, you, you're in a writer head. You're not in a, you're not in a performing head. You know right, what I mean? Right, yeah. right. So sometimes the adrenaline, you're funnier when you're on stage probably because the adrenaline kicks in, you know. Or at least it does for me, like, like I'm a stiff. I don't really, you know. I don't have. I'm not funny. But like when the adrenaline, it, 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 like I compared to like when I used to go on dates with like women who I wasn't really attracted to. I was kind of like a stiff, you know. Yeah. But if I, I was on a date with a better looking woman, I guess the adrenaline will right, kick in, right. and I would sometimes I would go like, I can't believe, like you think the opposite. You think you'd be more less you'd nervous. you harder. Yeah. Yeah. You think you'd be less nervous with a with not with a fugly. <laughs> And you'd be so funny because you'd be, like, casual. But it's just the adrenaline. Yeah. With a with a better looking woman, the adrenaline would kick in. Why her. would
2: you go on a date with somebody you weren't into? Yeah.
1: I don't know. Some, sometimes I just would just... Uh, for certain points in my life, I would just date. I would just... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and one time I dated this girl. She was, like... She was wearing all black, you know? And I didn't mm-hmm. know. I, I thought... And I I was bartending, and she was on the other side of the bar. So I couldn't... And she was kind of pretty or whatever. And then I when I met... When I went... You know, when I picked her up or whatever, I was like, "No, yeah, black black is camouflage. Black her. is camouflage yeah. for everything. Isis, fat girls. <laughs> anyway, so it was a. Uh, so I just thought I just think it's interesting. Like, it, you know, I, I know certain playwrights, and it's like, if you're a playwright, you you gotta you gotta give the fucking actor at least in rehearsal some leeway because yeah. because to say like you you nailed it, it's just fucking. I think it's dumb, but you know, everything's dumb. What isn't dumb? Yeah." Yeah, this whole thing. Uh, there no, are... I'm not saying that. I'm yeah. saying like, like as you get older, you realize everything's dumb. Uh-huh. Like when I see people, like you just got married, right? Yeah. Like marriage is dumb. Yeah, yeah. Like there's <laughs> no way as you get older. That's why when you go to a wedding, you see all these old women in the back just laughing at fucking how ridiculous. Because <laughs> I know it. They to them, it's like a fucking play. Yeah. It's just like a fucking comedy where they're in love and they're stupid. Mm-hmm. But they know like what a fucking horror show it is Like <laughs> kids and fucking being married to the same person Like It's like they know the ending of the movie Yeah And they're, like, oh, yeah. And they're even... laughing Because yeah. everybody else ta- takes it as a drama uh-huh. You know Like this, uh-huh. they're in love And what could go wrong Like yeah. just everything <laughs> Just every fucking thing How many kids you got? Two Like I love my kids What about kids? Should Should I have kids? No you're gonna have to have kids Because again It's like It's like Should you stop It's like It's like I don't know how to explain it But like You're gonna have kids Like 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 water does what water does, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like nature it's it's the momentum of life, yeah, so you you good luck stopping it, you know, uh-huh. like Aaron Berg just had a baby, you know, I was just in a green room with that baby last night, yeah, and he <laughs> And it's him and his wife. He's telling me him and his wife just had a fight. I go, yeah, because that's what happens when you she have kids. She had like,
0: killer bits about being a new mom. She like, did. She killed. Oh, she did. Oh, oh she so told this I forgot joke she was about, a stand-up. She told this Wait, joke last about, night. Yeah, oh. New York Comedy Club. She oh, told this joke about taking a shit while breastfeeding. Yeah, uh, and it, it was a long bit with just like long pauses and every line just fucking crushed. Good. And I was like, you know what, that. It's cool to see that a major life change like that can lead
1: to really and that moments. is and it, you know I, I you know my I gotta go but yeah my yeah. wife loves Allie Wong you know but yeah. I think Allie Wong helped with that whole thing of like Those pregnant being special. R- gross women you know because again when, you know like Louis helped with the you can shit on your kids uh, like. Genre of comedy, which, you know, I thank Louis for because, uh, I mean, I thank Louis for a couple of things, but, but Louis did, Louis was like a kind of a bit of a trailblazer mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. with, with that and other things. So, you know, I, I know I said Louis wasn't a great stand up, but Louis has a great comedy mind and he definitely does. He's not afraid. He's not afraid to jerk off in front of strangers. He's not. He's fearless. He's, he's a consummate bit, performer. Yeah, really. He's, <laughs> yeah. He's so he's fearless. And uh, on stage. So, so my wife goes, "You gotta watch Ali Wong's thing." And uh, there was definitely something to her. Like, especially, I think that helped that she was Asian, because it's like you, Asian women are usually so demure, you know? Yeah. So for her to do it and be a little Asian woman from San Francisco, you know, it really fucking. I think I don't know if she was the first doing it, but but it. I'm sure it's hilarious shit because. Real life, especially if you're a woman and you're—I I mean, if you're talking about shitting while you're breastfeeding, it's got to be yeah. kind of funny. You yeah, know? hysterical. But so maybe, uh, maybe uh, Berg's jealous. His wife's killing. <laughs> <laughs> well listen
0: man speaking of kids you gotta go pick up yours right yeah i would uh, stay
1: but i gotta pick up my kids at school
0: yeah man thanks for coming we appreciate no, it very much thanks for having this is the comics table podcast uh we'll tweet
1: it at you or something like that kevin is there
2: anything you want to leave the people with any anything just to go check to my
1: out? everything's at my twitter kevin brennan 666 like all my all my links on my pot my link to my website and my podcast links all right, all right i feel great. i'm getting talked off with the music Anyway, I want to thank the Academy. And uh...
0: All right. Thanks, Kevin.
1: Thanks, Kevin. Uh, I've been uh, Sweet Tea. And I'm
0: Sweet Pea. We'll and... see you next time at the Comics Table. Yeah. I cut you off. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Bye. Bye-bye.